Qualified West Side host Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right. Welcome to the greatest show on earth. Here we are. On my left, my co host is Chumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, here to talk shit once again, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Are you playing my theme music, old blue eyes? Yeah. War paint, yeah. sunrise, and yeah. my paint dries. The blood falls yeah. from the red sky. My lady singing that war cry. We'll break them up like mannequins. That's it. Look them in the eyes, they panic. That's it. That's it. Up That's in it. Hide. We ain't Indians, we savages. Ooh. Yeah, skinhead rap. What do you do? You like you like reservation rap, dude? Are you down with American Indians? Reservation rap. I'm down for whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's Rob's famous last words. I'm down for whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so who, all right, so yeah. Who, so who that's do you want to talk about? Hey, who do you? We're, do, first of all, we're down in the virus bunker on Melrose. We we're are sorry. at yes, we are worse, Brooklynprojects.com What's up? What's up? Shout what's out up? to Dom. Shout out to Dom. Big Dom. He was kind enough to let us use his retail right, uh, his retail location right. as today's studio. Very special day today as well. Who do you want to interview? Introduce first because we got quite a few guests. We got we got some we got some heavy hitters here. Right yeah. Here. Um, let's right now. I want to introduce my thirty year partner, man, my carnal. All right. Let's introduce the man, <laughs> the man. Watch out, the L.A. photographer Woo! himself. Mr. Esteban Oreo. Big scan. LA original. Mr. LA original. Yeah. What's good, Esteban? What's good? What's good? What's good? Good, Esteban. Married to the game. That's what I'm talking about. Stevan Orio and this show Santa we're Monica. doing the show that we're doing today is the LA Original Show. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it, man. So first of all, LA Originals dropped on April 10th. Yes, sir. Yep. Oh. All right. Which uh and it was on net is it exclusively it's on going. Netflix? Yeah, exclusively so streamed if you want- on Netflix. It's been up there for uh, eight days. Eight yeah. days. And how's it dude, first of all? How's it doing on Netflix? It started at uh, 10,000 out of 10,000. Yeah. And it went up to number 10, I think, the first or second day. Then it went to number 8, then to number 6, then back down to 7, then 6, then 5. And 5 is the highest, the last that I heard. That was uh, two days ago. Man. I'm scared to look, though. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope it beats out I, that Tiger King. I'm tired. No, that, it ain't called Tiger King. It's called Tiger Queen. 
Whatever. Yeah, I'm yeah. tired of seeing that right. guy's picture. It's she like, did fuck. her thing though. The Tiger Queen. Yeah, we yeah, gotta respect did. everything. She's pounding those little boys. Right. Oh, is that <laughs> what happened? Guys. I never Dude, been everybody, know, every, young. Man, everybody bro, I know, bullshit. bro, is at least in my world. Yeah. Is they're rewatching it over and over. Yeah, they say you got it's the watch. greatest doc. It's, a, man, oh. it's just like everybody's behind this Dude, thing, man. Right. The people. This is the people's fucking documentary. Of course. Everybody knows that. And if you don't know it, now you do. Now listen, Esteban, honestly, for real, what's it like to be on Netflix? Um, well, to me, uh, the feeling was similar to when I saw uh, we were riding in a uh, limo and we had just come off a tour with House of Pain. We were doing a promo tour and we got in the limo that was going to take us to our houses and jump around came on on the radio and like the the happiness in those guys face yeah was like man that that's some shit right there like out of every musician hmm. in the world their song was picked to be on the radio it wasn't paid to be on like right. back in the old days the, the radio station chose that song to play with you know the the best of the best right and that's to me, I'm thinking that the same feeling that I got seeing my movie up there with all the other movies that are every single movie that's on Netflix, documentary, right. movie, mm-hmm. TV show, everything that's on there. And to see it, you know, be in the charts was crazy to me. Like, I, it's, it's overwhelming. You know, I had like, I got like 160,000 followers on instagram boom within a couple days i, I was getting like 200 i i usually get like maybe 20 texts a day yeah i respond to all of them mm. i get maybe 20 emails a day i respond to all That's of them right within the day this it was like Ooh. a couple hundred texts i was getting like my phone was blowing up like texts emails <laughs> calls, calls. And DMs, like the DMs are like, I think they're like a thousand. I can't even read, you know, I can't, I, I try to knock down like 20, 30, you know, I try to say thank you back to everybody right. who's right. ever uh, been in my life, whether they're supporting from, you know, me not knowing them or my friends or people that were in the movie. Like I'm trying to, you know, say thank you back to everybody that's been a part of my life. Right. Yep. What's interesting about what you're saying is, is that in the film at some point, right? There's this great, I mean, to me, it's one of my favorite moments in L.A. Originals is when you're complaining, where you're like, dude, yeah. I fucking yeah. am trying to do the social media thing. I fucking did that. None of this shit works out. Now, now you've got overwhelming response and now you're having, now you got to work to try to keep up with all that. Well, it's work just to keep up with it without all that. Right. Like to try to think of, okay, you got 500,000 photos in your archives what do you post? How much do you post? You know, like, like, uh, like Rob was saying, you know, it's not it's, skinhead Rob. Yeah. Skinhead Rob was saying it's not the easiest thing to do this, you know, social media shit. I, I, I held back from it from a long time. Like yeah. I didn't, I wasn't into digital cameras. I wasn't into social media and my younger friends that were into it were like, Hey, you got to get on social media. Somebody even had taken my name. Right. And they were using my name and they had my photos. They had Joker brand. They, 
you know, already had started accounts under my name and my company's names. And I'm like, fuck, I can't even get that shit. So right. now what the fuck do I do? And they so go, what did well, you do? Put a dot in the middle of your name, you know, so it's a Stevan dot Oreo. And for like a couple of years, that was my, my handle on Instagram. And then finally, all my, you know, people on there were bashing the dude who had the fake one right. with my real name. So right. He finally let it go, and and I was able to get my own name on Instagram, and I'd come in kind of in the late late freight, so I kind of missed the. There was this one thing where, if your pictures got on this one page, the Explorer page, like right when you open it up, yeah, everybody on Instagram had that same thing coming up on their page, yeah. So people were, if you got on that page, you were getting thousands of right. people on your shit. I came after that, so right. I, I missed that boat. But it's a little bit harder for me. But I was able to, you know, crack it a little bit and get, you know, get in there. But you know, I have to me. I think I have good enough content to be up in there in the in the in the higher ups of what I do. Right. But I wasn't getting there. Right, and I was thinking like, if I post celebrities, you know, maybe it'll go up. If I post <laughs> that's what you were dudes, saying in the film. Up. If I post hot chicks, it'll go up. Yeah, and and I would end up post like you know my my classic photos that I was mm-hmm. taking with my camera throughout the years, and I would post a you know some bullshit picture with a with an iPhone on there. And people were liking it more than all the other shit. And I was like, man, this shit don't work. Fuck this thing. Yeah. And they would make me pull back from doing it. You know, I'd get discouraged kind of. Yeah. And um, people were like, no, you got to stick with it. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I'm like, man, I, I can't even. Like, I really like to work. Right. Like, to me, um, with, back in the day when I started photography, there was, you never knew what the photographer looked like. It was, that wasn't, that wasn't the thing. The, he wasn't in the frame. Yeah. You were, you, if you're a photographer, your strength was just the photo. But nowadays you have to be out there like that. You have to put yourself out there. Right. Your photography is like your company. It's your brand and you have to promote your company and your brand like you would anything else. So it's not just the photos. It's the photo. It's you. And it's how you market yourself and the photos. But yeah, it's you because people want to know a little bit about the guy, the story behind the photographer. Before they didn't give a fuck. They just wanted to see a good picture. Nobody cared about the, you know, the fucking dude behind the camera. Never. Right. But to that point, some of the best photographers, eventually you do find out their story. Like there's that great photographer who was like a newspaper photographer. They made a movie about him. Joe Pesci played the guy. Did you ever see that? And he was a newspaper photographer. So, so his thing was, he was always like in some great spots to take a picture, but because at the time newspaper photographers weren't considered art, yeah, they wouldn't respect him, but he kept at it and he kept at it and one of his innovations was he knew there was a shooting going down we're talking maybe like i want to say like the 40s yeah and he put a camera with a timer on it on a roller skate and he rolled it and he caught this amazing picture right as the shooting was going down joe pesci plays is great i don't know sean maybe you could look it up but um in any event you do find out the details of the real greats eventually you do find even like 
even like Picasso, like, you know, like he's an artist and yet on some level you do also learn about his life. So maybe the, the thing is, is that you're, and, and John Muir, right? You don't just know his photos, you know his life. I mean, part of what makes John Muir John Muir is that you know he actually lived that. And in a way, aren't you Los Angeles street John Muir? I mean, aren't you that? I mean, let's not bullshit each other, aren't you? I mean, uh, you know, other other. I have a hard time saying it, but I'm saying a it. lot of people would say that. Yeah, I am saying I'm fucking saying. Yeah, Public but Eye. The name of the movie was Public Eye. Public you, Eye. It's wow. a great movie. Joe Is it Pesci. On Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Watch it. Boom. Boom. We watch it. It's, Boom. On, it's on Amazon yeah. Prime. Yeah. Boom. Boom. No, but anyway, it's a great. It's you should check that out because you're a photographer. You like it. Joe I Pesci will. plays that guy. Um. All right. So. So. I love this all right. Uh, fucking lucky so uh, now Steve do you want to introduce the next guest um, <laughs> okay the Ooh. next guest yes we got one yours. of the one of the uh, one of the subjects on the LA Original the one and only the side come on come yeah. on there you go do we even need to introduce him? Our road dog, let's introduce OG Big Left. Big Left! Yeah! Back by popular demand, Big Left. That's One true. of the stars oh, of my LA Original. Come on now. Right! And, yep. and Big Lefty, how are you? I'm hiding crack in my ass. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hiding crack Bless. in his ass. Yeah. Hiding crack in his crack. Amen. And you know what? Come on. We're going to go ahead and bring all the guests on right, all right now. Who, right. Right. Who's and we Come got on. one more guest with us. Oh, yeah. Another soul assassin. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Another soul Come assassin. On. Woo! S-R-A-K-A, Skinhead Rob. Welcome to the show. Come on. This is. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, this is his theme song. That's right. Yeah. We got yeah. SR Band. SR has a an interview as well in the movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we got, was lucky we got enough you know, to be a part of it. Yes, yeah. you were. Yeah. So we've got a couple, couple, uh, you know, a couple of the gentlemen that were in this wonderful LA, documentary film, right. LA Originals. LA Originals. Um, it's like a reunion. Yeah, this it is. is. Yeah, man, we wanted to go in deep on this wonderful show on the on this show man we wanted to dedicate it to la originals and go Absolutely. inside and out and great to have a stev on here who can really you know thread us through right everything about that film and to have a couple people that were in it as well my brothers this is great go ahead i was gonna ask um estevan so how long did this project actually take la originals it took 25 years um mm. i've been filming since uh the 90s yeah and um you know, so that was, I have footage from, you know, my very first times filming. I had a, uh, eight millimeter camera, 16 millimeter camera. Right. I had, uh, these, uh, mini DV, uh, and I think they were called super eight. Yeah. Some, some other kind of eight, uh, cameras. They had these tapes. So there's all different kinds of mediums that that were used to film all that footage that you've seen throughout the years. And then uh, we got signed in, I think, 2017 to uh, Sebastian Ortega's company called Underground in Argentina. And then we started 
uh, writing the story. Um, they had uh, Omar writing the story, and uh, we started thinking of who we could go out and get new interviews from right. that were present because all the footage was old. Right. And uh, we just started attacking that list, and uh, we got about 80% of the people that we, we wanted in there. Right. And then we realized that we had too much uh footage from everything too much interviews too much old footage and we're like you know the first cut i saw was like six hours long (laughs) (laughs) right from there it was like they were like okay here's here's an assembly of of the rough of what you know what what we have so you know we got to obviously cut it down to like 90 minutes and that's where the the main process started a couple years ago and that was like you know from there was it or was it destined to be on netflix from yeah. there yeah because uh sebastian already has shows on there from argentina he has a show called el marinal which is kind of it's a prison show and it's uh you know it's a episodic uh tv show and it's on all the time and it's one of the number one shows down there so he already was in Netflix. Right. And he was like, I think we could get this to go straight to Netflix. You know, what do you think? And I was like, man, I'll take your direction because you're, you know, you're the pro at it. Right. Um, and and that's that's the route we went. Uh, of course, we had, you know, uh, film festivals set up. We were supposed to headline South by Southwest and a couple other ones. But due to the coronavirus, everything got canceled and that didn't happen which worked out in our in our in in our uh, advantage because you know it was on Netflix and nobody can go nowhere so they're kind of stuck at home watching it watching it mm-hmm. and uh that worked out good for us and Netflix yeah. and these streaming services at this time probably have a a huge need for finished product that they can keep putting out there while this quarantine's going on I would think yeah cuz you can you know there's only so many times you can watch something you know right and so um, the, the crazy thing is, is people have DM me already that they've watched it like five and eight times yeah. in a row, which is crazy to me because when I was a youngster, I used to go to watch yeah. movies in the movie theater over mm. and over. Like right. I, I would go to see, um, like Deer Hunter and Raging Bull and oh, yeah. Taxi yeah. Driver. Right. Right. Woodstock. You know, we watch those movies over and over at the movie theaters. <laughs> I watch that motherfucker. Sorry, bro. You, get your, you got your time to shine. I'm not shining. I don't need no shine. Are you shining? <laughs> Didn't you watch Woodstock? The original? How many times? Probably about three. You saw three. It's hard to sit through that and watch it. I mean, you have to love the music. I know? love that and fucking music. He's talking music, about bro. Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, oh, Godfather. These are movies you watch over and over and over again. It's yeah. so great. Woodstock. Like, how about like, Once Upon a Time in America? Wait, that hold one on. too. Hold on. Right. Hey, I mean, what's our, I mean, that's a. All right. Hold ahead, on. Bro. Hello, okay, thank you. Fuck I just want to like lay the scene for. Listen, I just want to lay the scene for a second. So we're all sitting here, right? And you know, Esteban Oriol's going, you know, kind of in his like fucking sensei mode, and you know how Esteban. Is he's a little low key and he just kind of lays it out there. They know I interrupted. Hold on. And then, <laughs> listen, yeah. chill the fuck out. And then, you know, so Esteban's like, yeah, man, and we went back and we did this. And he was tripping me out. And then he, he opens it up a little bit. He's like, you know, you could watch, you know, you know, fucking 
Godfather, da, 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 Deer Hunter, driver. Taxi Driver, right. And then all of a sudden, Lepid goes, Woodstock. And yeah. like somebody, who, was that you, Steve, yeah. that started laughing? Oh. I started laughing. Everyone started laughing because we're like, what? We, we, that didn't even fit the thing. And then Lepid gets mad. <laughs> no, I don't you, get mad, bro. What'd you do? You did. You were but like, because Woodstock was a question. But like, can I say something? Yeah, please. All right, check this out. Go ahead. So when I watched the movie, the f- I watched it one time. All right, uh, <laughs> listen. So uh, what yeah. came to my mind when I was watching it, the way the music and the editing and yeah. everything, it reminded me of the first time cartoon. <clears throat> we were going to the magic show. Yeah. In Vegas. How is this? Can I get what? done talking, bro? <laughs> Can't you? Like, fuck. It's like, it relates to the movie. I have something that related <laughs> okay. to the movie. Okay. Right. So LA Originals, when I was watching it, yeah. it reminded me when Toons put on. He goes, you've never seen this DVD? And it was a tour that Dre did. With smoke. Snoop up in smoke, and they uh. played it on the fucking DVD all the way to Vegas, and I watched that fucking DVD. And I go, and it had been out for a long time, but me being a motherfucking uh, uh, individual that Pintero. would, yeah, be always up in the uh, up north in the gated community. Anyway, so what I'm getting at is, they're like, this shit has been out like. And I'm like, and so I watched the fucking L.A. Original. I go, man, it was like there were scenes in, in, in the L.A. where like when Snoop, when they played the music and Snoop was doing the dance in the hall. I was like, whoa, man. It, it, re, it kind of reminded me the way the editing was, like the way they did the, what's what? Up in smoke? Up in okay, smoke. okay. So, it was, so hold on a second. So anybody who DM, right. st- stop trying to, now listen, you got to understand this, Lefty. A lot of people uh-huh. that DM you to be like, let you, Mohan, let you talk. Let me tell you. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh-huh. Hold on. Can ahead, I bro. finish? No, yeah, because right, I get yeah. a lot of DMs. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> listen, <laughs> let me tell you, it ain't about you, Mom. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. When they say, when they, say that they tell you, Mom, to let you talk, you know, don't interrupt you, right? right, right like you need yeah. to flex on the Indian. Uh-huh. Da, 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 da. All right. I'm just telling you. Chumaha's my car now, so yeah. we ain't tripping. No, nah, we ain't tripping. But this right. is why, because you, I, we're talking to right. the great Esteban Oriol, right? Oreo, right. right? And but he was <laughs> been great before the fucking movie, so hold we ain't on, hold, 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 hold. He was telling a story. He was telling a story. All right. And then you interrupted, and then we went on a long diatribe about up and smoke. Right. And I'm just saying, I'm trying to get it back there. Dude, we're going to get you. We have some amazing stuff for you. <laughs> bro, hey, have, let me tell you. I run, I run sober livings, man. You said, I just said the most you as an equal. That's it. Nobody, like, ain't sober, no hey, one ahead hey, of nobody hey, in hey, sober No, no, no. Listen. Shit, but, a, we hey, got the alley back there. Listen. <laughs> hey, listen. Come on. Right? Listen, right, I might not win, but I'm going to no, fucking no, no, stand hey, my ground. Listen, bro. I'm hey, like, you, tall motherfuckers line it up, short motherfuckers. Paradox. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> red bird. Red, open the red Don't bird. Don't get the red bird in there, bro. That's right. an inside joke. Okay, listen. All right, go ahead. I'll right, let so, you finish, bro. No, no, no. I'm trying to get it so that it go back to Esteban. It's, right. about, it's called L.A. Original, I not know, L.A. Lepke. No. All right, now, hold on. Right. Now, I Esteban. got L.A. tattooed on me. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> Listen. A few times. Dude, you were in the movie for like 20 seconds. It let the, let the director tell the fucking story. Yeah, and then uh, they're like, you moon you moon me on the movie? I'm like, I moon the world. What that's right. Yeah. Dude, of course. That you see the baby powder in my ass? Kiss listen, my ass. Yeah, yeah, dude, listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. First of all, you know what? Since we're here, since yeah. we're fucking here, Esteban, you were telling the story, but okay, fine. What story was he telling? He was talking about, about the, them that watching it over and over again. Time. We know, yeah, I understand. I've certainly, you know what? I've watched it. I've watched it a couple times now, too. And I think that the reason that people watch this film over and over again is, for one, it's very it's very high-powered. It's a high-voltage well, film. Right. A, and you're aesthetically looking at the film, there's just so many powerful images that are coming at you. And it's 
And at some points in time, you don't get to really digest. As soon as you begin to really poke into the picture, maybe it's moved on or there's something else. And it's so much to take in that you want to, you almost want to stop and pause and and really take in. There's so much beautiful photography, so much beautiful yeah. artwork. It's colorful. It's, it's a vibrant. Lot. It's a lot, man. Right. And um, I had to watch it a second time because I really needed to take a few minutes to. And I grew up with these guys. I mean, right. We, we we did this a lot of this stuff together. I had to really take some time to digest all like all that that movie encompasses right. and is showing yeah. you, man. And right. I think it is something that. And I'll watch it, and I'll watch it a few more times. Right. Um, so I think that this is definitely a movie, Esteban, that's going to stream over and over. I think people as it more as it should more than just your person that's not around. It. Even people that have been around it, they want to even watch it more because they really want to get clear on oh that so and so oh look at you know. So I think that you're going to get a lot of streaming on this film, bro. Yeah, because I mean, it 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 gives because you got to think like the majority of the people who are watching this. They don't have access to, to any that. of that. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. They're not right. around. Right. Right. Any any level of it. Right. Whether it's the music stuff, whether it's the models, whether it's the gangsters. Like right. that's so far removed right. from most people's everyday life, you know, that that when they get to see it so up close and personal, because you know, this dude's been everywhere. That's right. Everyone in in the shit, you know, like I mean, how many Different photo shoots we've been on with this dude. Right. All the different neighborhoods. You know what I'm saying? There's not a lot of people who have access to that, like Estevan. You know? So for people who are way outside to be able to check it out, it's It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. I'd imagine they get infatuated and. Yep. It's I would, I, so interesting, like the, from from start to finish. Whether absolutely, you yeah. know, his stuff, cartoon stuff, the story yeah. of. Everything behind the scenes, you know, the impacts and right. all the celebrity and you know, yeah, I mean, there's it's, so much. And but it's, but also, I want to say that another reason Estevan that I think people would see it again is is also because of the nostalgia aspect of it. You know, the film does a great job of transporting you back to a time and a place when mm-hmm. things were happening in a certain way that they're never going to happen like that again. Like that kind of like when I watched the film and I was looking at it, I was thinking to myself, you know, this is a fascinating portrait thing. God, you know, you guys were there to kind of like document it because it's not going to be like that ever again. Yeah, right. 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 And I'll be honest, like watching it, like that shit, you know, brought me to tears. Yeah. It's those, sad. Those are yeah. some of the yeah. best times of my life. Yeah. Right. Was with yeah. these dudes and all that. We and, said that too, Chuman. Know? Me and Chuman said the same thing. It was kind of like this closing of a, a door right. of a right. time that we'll never be able to relive again. Right. But right. then you want to know yeah. something? That's with everything. Right. Yeah. That's if you right. talk with somebody from the 60s, they're going to tell you, you know what I'm saying? Right. And ours just happened to be really colorful. And thank God, ours was captured by Esteban. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we get to all review it and really, look at how many motherfuckers before us are trying to explain it to their friends. Right, right. Dude, you just don't know, man. It was like, oh, yeah. Right. Now, there's a documentary. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, but it, it did kind of, there was, man, you almost don't want it to end. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, so Esteban, um, did did you feel that too? Did you feel like, you know, on a certain level, like what what was captured in the film was sort of a time period, and then there was a kind of an ending to it, or like like that chapter's while it you have all the material that chapter's done. Yeah, those chapters are done. But, yeah, uh, you know, I still have a shit ton of footage that could go on to do you know more uh, offsprings of that 
that story. Right. And that's what I am going to do after this is, you know, I'm going to shoot off and do some, some of the offspring stories from that, that particular movie. But, um, did they ever think, did Netflix, cause it's Netflix and yeah. they have a little more liberal yeah. way to put stuff out. Have, has there been any discussion about maybe doing a series? Well, we went in there with, uh, with that in mind. Like we're like, you know, this could be kind of like a, a defiant ones type of thing where yeah. there's four different, you know, parts of it and we could, you know, do low writing in this section or, you know, right. Hip hop or, you know, different things or, or, you know, through the times, you know, this, this period of time, that period of time, that period of time. But they came to the, to the point of, you know, let's just do a 90 minute one piece documentary. So, you know, you could still do a series. You know what, dude? You, sh- you guys should do fucking Steve. Seriously, you guys should do like a Ken Burns, not not hit. Do like a Ken Burns version of the '90s, where you would have you could bring in whatever narrator you wanted and the music and all that other stuff, and document like historically, right? Partially yeah. the streetwear, like you were saying, and do like a Ken Burns, but like a West Side Ken Burns. Like, did who- you see the Ken Burns Vietnam yet? Did no. you watch? Oh, bro, it's. It's incredible. Is it on but, Netflix? It's on Netflix, okay, and it's but, Vietnam by Ken Burns, but it's like 12 parts. Yeah. But, I mean, they go from, like, right. Viet Cong. They interview all the Viet Cong. And North, like, you're getting everybody's story from outside of, like, just the U.S. story, and you're getting the behind-the-scenes U.S. story, too. Yeah. You could Gnarly. do that with all the footage that you already have, Yeah, right? Absolutely. All you would need to do is just bring in some other voices and then just tell a story of the different parts, and you could start... I mean, you could just make an urban-style Ken... Because Ken Burns is usually for historian-oriented people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like for this, it could be updated and translated into the West Side culture. And I mean, as what Rob was saying is great because those people in 90 minutes, they're never associated with any of this. They don't have any background. They don't have any footing. A much more extended, more detailed thing would give them some reference and some footing to really get a sense of what it was really like. Maybe Skinhead Rob could be the narrator. What do you think about that, Skinhead? I don't think anyone wants to hear me talk. <laughs> Bullshit! <laughs> no, but, uh, Bullshit! We just got done, dude. Actually, when- actually, you do have a pretty sexy voice over yeah. there, Rob. I have a face for radio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, when 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 I have a face for radio, bro. <laughs> See, I told you this motherfucker got all the lines, bro. I'm telling you right now, when Steve Luciano says, "If you do what Skinhead Rob," does and you'll get laid yeah that actually means that really means something right yeah bro when when lucky says it (laughs) when lucky says it dude have you seen some of lucky's ex-women (laughs) there he's been around him oh she's seen some of his ex-women all right so so now follow me and rob and you'll be okay (laughs) (laughs) dude when luciano says it now listen uh esteban so you only had 90 minutes right and half of the 90 minutes was for, Mr. was for Mr. Cartoons, right? Like he had his thing and you had your thing. <clears throat> and so somewhere along the way, right, in this short amount of time, you couldn't even put Brooklyn Dom in it. You, it's like, dude, we got... You we want all, to know about the cuts you had to make. Well, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on yeah, no, hold on. How many hearts you had to break? Yeah, 
How many egos you had to crush? How hard was that to make the decisions and all that stuff to be like, sorry, Brooklyn Dom, but you're on the cutting room floor. <laughs> well, that was that one wasn't that hard because we never <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was never in from the gate. Yeah, yeah. he was never even considered. <laughs> right. Dang. After, uh, Dom, you hear that? You we were never you, even in the yeah, running if race. If I can't for get this up shit. on the website, then you ain't getting in the documentary. That makes sense to me. But um, was there any ones that were tough where you were like, "Fuck"? Did you catch any shit? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I mean, Dumb. of course Dumb. you want your your in the tenth best, episode. All, you, of course you want all your best friends, and right. Your family, every right. member of your immediate family, and all your you know top ten best friends, right. So to be able to pick a couple of those and a couple of those, like I had a because the editing process was done in Argentina. Right. I wasn't, you know, in the editing room every day, you know, smart. And that kind of uh, pulled me out of it to where I could see it kind of from, you know, I wasn't like what people don't know is editing is the hardest thing of making a movie. Right. Like getting the, the seeing what's a great story, going and filming that, making it look cool. That's easy. Right. Um, picking music, that's easy. You just pick some hits or some real cool right. sounding shit, that's easy. Editing is the hardest part of that process because it's like watching paint drive. You ever sat with a person that's editing anything? Yeah, absolutely. You want to kill yourself. Right. It's <laughs> fucked. It's right. like horrible. Like they're just clicking buttons and clicking buttons and you're just watching waiting almost- for something happen and nothing's happening. They're just typing in all these buttons. You're like, fuck, when something's going to... When is that that clip gonna actually be in the in the lineup? And it's the process is just I don't know, man. Editors are a whole different kind of. Person. You gotta rewatch Breed the same. People. You gotta rewatch the same fucking over sequence a over thousand and times over again, and you have to get it timed right to where if you're going for a word, it has to be like timed perfectly, right. like connecting from this word to that right. word, and you. It's just it. It's a better thing to be where you're getting cuts sent to you and you're like, okay, I like that. I don't like that. Um, Put this in there, put that in there, take this part out. It's way better to see it happening that way than to be in the room all day, every day. It's like, you know why Esteban's a genius? That makes a lot of sense. You know why Esteban's a genius? I'm going to tell you this because the editing process was in another country, Argentina. So anybody who got butt hurt because they were left out, he had like the perfect excuse cover to be like, look, dude, it's in Argentina. Yeah. Like, what do you, I didn't make the decision. It's not even made by me, really. I have to, there's some things I could say, but this shit happened in another country. I can't, you know, right? That, did you ever, did you ever have to actually say that? Be like, look. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, (laughs) because there's a gang of motherfuckers with sore butts, huh, out there. Yeah, there's like, you know, there's so much footage that didn't make it and so many people that didn't make it in there. Yeah. Like, if people were in there, like, one blink of the eye, they're cool. Right. They're like, I saw myself, I'm cool. Right. Like, thank you, bro, for putting me in there. Right. What I tried to do also is I had a, a list of thank yous that I tried to include everybody that was in it and that wasn't in it. Right. And, you know, like that's hard to do, even that, you know, like, right. That was all me writing shit down, you know? So it's like, that wasn't, I couldn't blame another country for that. Right. I couldn't be like, well, you know, they didn't put it down there in Argentina, so it's not my fault. Right. You know, sorry about that. 
Like I had to think of all the names and I had Damn. to put them in order. What was what was the criteria where you're like, fuck, I can't if you did, like I can't get another one on the line. Like is this it? What was there a criteria where you're like, uh? Well, there was a lot of people that I you know that I wanted in it and that I wanted to interview, but I wasn't the only one making those decisions. Like right. people were like, you know, the people that I was working with were like, you know, well what's their story why do you feel that's important and what is it well we already have that with this guy you know like i said like well let's let's shoot a homie you know that's in the hood that i took pictures of okay cool well you did a hundred of them right which ones are you gonna pick well i want to use this guy this guy this guy and they're like well that they have the same story as that guy let's use that guy you know it was real hard to narrow it down but i had to also, I had to be teachable and listen to right? people that That's... were in, have been there before me right? with this type of uh, work. You know, I've done um, a thousand, you know, videos for the web and I've done, you know, 50 music videos, but this was a whole different animal. Right. So now that, so now that you've set that all up, the, the, the next question I feel like is that, that is... So of all the people that, you know, couldn't make it, da, 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 there's one guy. Hold on a minute. We're jumping ahead. So I got a couple of questions. How how was it in with the process working with you and Tunes? Uh was it was it a lot of back and forth? Was there, you know, was it a wrestling man? I mean, was there No, with Tune is pretty much he's tattooing mm-hmm. and doing his thing and me directing and stuff was my thing you know yeah so he was he put like the trust in my hands like hey you know out of the two of us you're the guy who specializes in filming and editing and directing you handle that if it when it comes to drawing tattooing painting airbrushing you know let me you know run with that ball you know, because mm-hmm. I couldn't be over there telling tunes, hey, Holmes, I think you should airbrush like this. Right. Or right. Tattoo like this. Or, you know, I'll, I'll, of course, I'll throw in my two cents here and there. You know, like, hey, Holmes, why don't you try this or try that? You know, but he's like, you know, like the homie Muggs always says, uh, whenever you come with him, like, mm-hmm. hey, you should do a record like this or let, you know, you should use this person in your album or that. Mm-hmm. His come back to that is that sounds dope homie you should do that on your record <laughs> meaning right. this this is my shit let me do my shit right 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 so right, right. that comes you know when you have friends and you're working with friends and you respect your friends and what they do mm-hmm. you let them do their thing and you don't really you know like i can't tell you hey how do i you know you should try selling you know, this brand to stores like this, you know, right. You'll be like, Hey homie, I've done millions and millions of dollars worth of sales. You know, let me do my thing. So I think that's how it is with, you know, with us, with me and tunes is like, if it's a, if it's a directing, filming or photography thing, you know, he's like, you got that. If it's drawing, painting, tattooing, whatever, that's you. If it's us going in to do a job together for a brand or for something, then that's when we, you know, of course we talk everything out in the beginning, like, hey, we should do this, we should do that, we should do it like this, do it like that. Mm-hmm. And then 
both of us would go our own way and do our our part. Mm-hmm. And then we come back and show it to each other, like, hey, this is what I came up with. That's dope. This is dope. Let's put these two things together like this. And then we send it off. And that's kind of the same way it worked with this. It's dope, man. It's uh, There were definitely some some interviews in there that I didn't that I didn't expect to see. Tell me, I you guys, it seemed like I was I was taken away when honestly I I knew that cartoon had worked with Kobe that you had done some pictures and that he had done some stuff with Kobe even his wife and there were different things in the past that yeah. he had shared always with us about Kobe but um, you know man I think that with it being so close to his passing yeah that really caught a lot of people off guard it caught um, me off guard right and tell me about um tell me about that man like how did how, what did you guys like was that always i would imagine that was always going to be in there because i know how you guys get down he's part yeah. of the story of la originals but yeah um how did you figure out where that was going to go well we you know with it was all in there before he passed so right. everything was already locked in mm-hmm. um we met him a lot of years back when uh Somebody reached out to Cartoon to do a, a logo for Vanessa, his wife. Right. So we told him, yeah, come down, you know, to the studio and we'll have a meeting. Mm-hmm. Well, when she came, he came with her. So we met him. And the way I've always been is I never really rush people to do photos. You know, I mm-hmm. I always do it. Like, I think there's a time and place for everything. Right. Appropriate. Where, mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas most photographers will rush the opportunity right when they get a chance mm-hmm. and they get a lot of great shit like that. But I never, I never felt like that. So I always, uh, there's a lot of shit I missed and I could have shot him at that time and got some sick photos of him. Never did. We thought he was going to come back with, uh, her to look at the logo and we ended up having we sent it out on the email and he, they never came back and then he came back years later to get a tattoo and i was i think out of town you know doing one of my own things so i wasn't there when he came to get the tattoo to shoot him for that so we had actors we had musicians we had homies we had low riders we had uh family members we were, had pretty much everything but sports people in the documentary so you know you always uh you know shoot for the stars and hope to land on the moon right 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 so we shot out you know to kobe and we got it you know so we didn't have to you know bullshit with a bunch of other people we're like man we got kobe like right there you go there's sports right there Mm -hmm. and um we went down and did the interview i think they gave us like 15 or 20 minutes to be able to interview him it was in irvine so we all drove down there and did the interview and then uh i only took two photos of him that day and it was in his office so it wasn't like i had a cool background or it was in a cool setting or at the stadium or anything and that was the only pictures i ever got of him but you know luckily i did you know 
Luckily, I did at that time because most of the times we were doing interviews, I wasn't. They we had a, a photographer that we'd bring with us to do like behind the scenes shit. So a lot of times I didn't shoot photos on the interview. So you know, luckily now I I was able to catch a couple shots of him that day. Actually, really two shots. When was that? When was that interview done? <clears throat> and that you went down there. When was that? I want to say maybe like. Six months ago, Ooh, seven man. months ago. So, were you were taken aback wow. when you heard about the accident with Kobe? Uh, yeah, of course. When I saw, like, when I first saw the rest in peace Kobe on on Instagram, yeah. To me, I I thought somebody like like somebody had uh won, beat him at something, right. or like he got traded shot or more something. More baskets, mm-hmm. or did, you know, like something. Everything but him dying. Right, right of course. I thought yeah. that somebody like you know surpassed him in one of his you know records records or whatever and i was like oh okay you know somebody must have got more baskets or more championships or something than him and that's why they're putting rest in peace and then you you start seeing him come in where people were, were screenshotting like news things like you know kobe's helicopter crash and you know he died and i was like damn that's fucked up you know and then when it really hit me was when they said his daughter was with him. <sighs> and then I was like, man, mm. that's the coldest right there. Cause I've been on hundreds of planes before. And I know that whenever there's like a turbulence or anything that in my head, I'm saying this could be it. Mm. As soon as a plane starts bouncing around, I go, this might be the one. Cause right. I've been on so many, Right, this is probably that one fuck it you know but i'm gonna uh remain calm because mm-hmm. people start panicking right, and, like, right. women start letting out little yells and stuff right. like that and when you look at somebody next to you and the the plane is shaking or it drops like you know it feels Ooh. like it drops for like 50 or 100 feet and then it mm-hmm. catches again and and when you're seeing people in those situations you start thinking like okay well somebody has to stay calm mm-hmm. Because if this plane crashes into the water or, you know, they land it and it's crashed, yeah, somebody's got to open the door and help people out. And right. that's what you got to do. Right. That's what I tell myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And when, the, when I heard his daughter was on there, I just thought of him, you know, comforting his daughter, you know, even if he was telling her it was going to be all right, knowing it, it couldn't be. You know, like it might not be, and that's like a a fucked up thing to have to tell your kid. You know, I don't know what happened, right? You know, but I was picturing him saying, "It's okay, baby. You know, we're gonna be all right." As a father, yeah, as a father, you know, trying to comfort his daughter, and she's might be, you know, because people get terrified. I've seen sure. people cry. I've seen people yelling on the planes and shit like that. And you know, we all know, you know, Travis was in a plane crash and he's the only one that's living out of that plane crash and little Chris rest, rest in, in peace, peace. and yeah. you know, Che rest and DJ AM rest in peace rest like in all man. those people like mm. they they didn't make it for you know some mm. of them didn't make it in the accident and some of them didn't make it after the accident mm-hmm. right. you know there's there's this uh, survivor's guilt right. that comes with that mm. and uh I just was picturing him with his daughter, like those last moments, and that fucked me up, you know, like mm-hmm. that, like had me like choked up, you know, right. when I was 
talking because me and my son were watching it just unraveling on the news and mm. he's a huge sports fan and uh we we're just tripping out going fuck man and i know he loves the shit out of kobe you know and i was like man this is crazy and then when they said there was a daughter mm. and then the other families and there was other kids mm. on there i was like man that's fucked up yeah and i was tripping out that you know all the shit that people were saying like it was you know the pilot was doing this, the pilot was doing that. And, you know, why did he do this? Why did he do that? And you think like, I've been, you know, in just running around in the streets and, and you hear helicopters all the time and you see them doing these, you know, uh, surveillance, you know, around like, maneuvers like a, you know, and all crime shit. and shit like that. Yeah. And you see them doing these high speed chases and, they're doing some crazy shit. And, right. and on the Blink-182 video, mm. we had a helicopter, and they were going underneath the bridges right. in mm -hmm. in the video. In and the then river. they did another part where they came up on top of the bridge, and then they followed the car across the 6th Street Bridge. Mm -hmm. So you can see what what people can do with those things. You know, and so it's a trip to hear that the guy couldn't see because of the, the fog the or, fog or whatever yeah. and crashed into the side of the mountain. I'm like, you know, there's just so much shit that, that you, nobody will ever know or, you know, what happened, you know? I think that's the, well, that's one of the crazy parts about it, too. Not only is it that, you know, Kobe was a great athlete and, and also a great father, right? Yeah. Like he, his his daughter was real involved in sports and that's what he was doing at the time. Yeah. Right. But also that that there's an aspect of it that nobody will ever really know. Yeah. Right. Like that kind of also is a little bit haunting. Like, you know, they, you can speculate all you want. You can bring in Air Force colonels to talk about whatever. But at yeah. the end of the day, nobody really knows exactly what happened. Yep. You know, it's a trip um, because you I hear so many people after watching documentary like, damn, dude, they they got Kobe. Like, I didn't know they shot Kobe. I didn't know they interviewed Kobe. And. From an insider's perspective, I knew that you guys were already fucking with that, with Kobe, so to speak, you know, business and different things like that. <laughs> what was interesting as well was I've got people that have known you for the last 25, 30 years. They know about what you've done. And if you listen to our first podcast, Esteban talks about shooting Robert De Niro and Al, Al Pacino. That's Robert like one De Niro, of my favorite okay? stories. And to me, I always say, like, Next to this documentary, that was always like my biggest moment for Estevan, you know, like, right. Mm -hmm. And he got to photograph his um, idols, you know, right. And people were like, I can't tell you how many people hit me up and they're like, dude, he shot fucking Robert De Niro and Albert I'm like, yeah, man, he shot the fucking movie. Of course, he did. Or the whole, you know what yeah. I But it's interesting because people that have known you that grew up in this town, if you, didn't really pay attention and know that. And I think that that adds to your value mm. on, a, on a massive... Mm. I mean, listen, dude, we know you're good whether you shot those guys right. or not, but in some people's eyes, they're like, dude, if you shot Pacino and De Niro, you could right. quit. now you're like, all right, now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I just think that there, there's so much to reveal in that film and go in depth. I think that some of us, maybe the guys in this room, Take it for granted that everybody knows what you've done. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, we for just sure. take it for granted. 
But in reality, and the people that aren't connected, they have no idea. They might be like, that's the dude who did the fingers. And and that's big enough as it is. You know what I'm saying? But as you start to scale it back, bro... I just think I just think it's just such a great historical piece and such right. a great piece for you, man, to introduce Esteban Oil to the world, man, because you're not just some photographer that's like got hot five years ago or did some old shit and you're trying to relive the glory days. Bro, you stayed consistently busy Smashing. for 25 years with the hottest motherfuckers. Bro. Check it out. Hey, so you rem- so do you remember the quote the day after you shot him because I called you? Yeah. You remember exactly what you You want me to say? Grinding. No, uh, I, no, wait, 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 wait. Grinding on my life? No, no I'm going <laughs> to tell you what you said. That's not what you said. Bro, I called you. Yeah. I go, where you at? You go, I'm down here at the studio, Century City or somewhere, wherever that fucking studio Culver was. Culver City. Culver City. Yeah. So I go, I remember the quote after he did. He goes, I go, hey, what are you doing, bro? He goes, if I wanted to quit today, I could quit after this one. Yeah, I didn't even know what he was talking about, and later I, I found out. Right, because he he told me, "Hey, remember that what I told you?" I was like, "What do you mean? You quit what? Like you ain't never gonna fucking quit? Are you 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 eighteen hour, twenty hour on the? You know, let's roll, man. You better be ready to roll with this motherfucker twenty hours because it's talking about some workaholic shit. It's like suit up, boot up. We leaving six in the morning, seven in the morning. Get in the car, you get your coffee, and let's roll. And the music loud, and, and you might cut- not be back till the next yeah, day. No, yeah, listen, we rolling yeah. in the Cutlass. I remember, man, from the gate." Man, what was know? it like? Because you lived with us. Let for me a tell while. you like you this, lived man. With me in cartoon. Well, Describe that pad. I'm gonna tell you, man. I'm, 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 all right, there, I'm gonna get out. Was... I, I'm gonna tell the truth. Yeah, do it. Tell the so truth. So this is what we doing, man. I'm for original once. gangster Lepke, Westside <laughs> Rebel, Skinhead Rob. Shout out, shout out to everybody in the room. Yeah, it's like this, man. This is the deal, man. It's like it's like I gotta give luck. A lot of people don't know the way it happened was when me and Lucky were on the yard. Yeah. Okay, we on the yard, right? So Esteban was writing to us and shit, and I'm like, yeah, who's it? Don't worry, this a homie that's gonna look out for us when we get out this is my g homie he's my 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 a god he's the godfather to my son and anyway he's like yeah and when, and when we get where and he and he, uh, so he's like i'm gonna get you a visit so i'm like all right well so the, anyway make a long story short so we off the yard yeah all right so then i'm over there with my homeboy dave man and lucky called me he's like look man we got this club popping rest in peace bigger b we got the club heat going. We're gonna can you work two days a week? Let's get this work thing going. What do you want me to do? Booyah, try, bounce, whatever, security personal this, whatever. <laughs> so they got me up in West Hollywood at the club heat. Like I said, shout out to Bigger B. So now, Soul Assassin. Anyway, so here we go. We get we, we trying to, you know, we're gonna make it like so so you know there so we can get to the point. Yeah. I happen to be a Buena Park alumni. Yeah. Uh uh uh, uh oh, what's his name? From the car club. Oishi. Oishi, shout out to Oishi, House of Lowriders. We gotta, yeah. you know, we gotta give we giving the props, man. We got to give the shout outs where they're due. Yeah. So anyway, Lucky kept fucking up. So Lucky put me in the game with these dudes, but then Lucky was on a cold mission. He went and did what he had to do, and then he got violated again, right? To the, right. You know, he was up in that motherfucker getting violated again. So anyway, so these motherfuckers here, just so you know, we on Melrose, Brooklyn Project. Right here was our office for a long time. Stanley and Melrose, the Starbucks was cartoon in Estevan's office. We worked out of there. We had the Photoshops on Beverly by the El Coyote. This is what, like, like, we didn't really have a spot. We were in Hollywood. Me being from Hollywood, yeah. these motherfuckers gravitated towards me, and I gravitated towards them. Because I, 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 you know, at the end of the day, I'm a dope fiend. I'm a fucking gang member, but I'm a hustler too. Yeah. And I like to hustle. And motherfuckers doing, you know, they're doing positive things in the hood, and I can see. So I seen the potential. Like I was rolling with Cartoon, just for the listener knows. I'm sitting with Cartoon, man. Cartoon.
Platoon looks over at me and says, hey, do you visualize me actually uh, designing a Nike shoe? And I'm like, yeah, I could see that happening. So it's like, you know, it's like that's how we, we enlighten each other, man. It's like, right. like I'm going to build you. You're going to build. Like maybe you should stop smoking today, Lepke. Let's go a whole week without smoking. Let's stop doing this. Let's do this. Let's go to the gym at 1 o'clock in the morning. Let's, let's do. We could do whatever the fuck we want. So that's how a lot of this shit started. You know, okay. so. so and, and not, not to interrupt. But, yeah, go ahead. But, but on, 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 a, on a similar note, like he said, like it's not surprising for, for a tune to do a Nike shoe. Right. And, and like to go back to the. Pacino and De Niro pick. Yeah. Like, I remember when that happened. And yeah, I thought it was cool as shit, but it didn't surprise me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because that's a step on me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> because, of course, he took that picture because that's what he does. You right. know what I'm saying? And he was happy to take that picture, but they should have been happy he was taking that picture of them. You right. You know what I'm saying? Because right. he's that dude. Right. You know? So, like, and maybe it's just me being jaded because I was around so much of it and seeing all the talent and yeah. seeing all the different shit that he was filming and, and photographing and all the people Toons was doing shit for and the tattoos and the airbrushing and the logos. That None of it surprised me anymore. And I was always impressed by everything. Right. You know, and but it all just seemed to, yeah, of course this is happening. Because, because that's this, who he is. This is Estevan and this is cartoon. So yeah, of course this is happening. Right. You know? So 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 gentlemen, now that I've got you here and we've laid that all out, Skinny and Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh <clears throat> what what part or um how did Estevan approach you to be in the project for uh the movie, LA Originals? He just hit me up and said, doing this thing. <clears throat> you wanna do an interview? I was yeah. like, Of course. Right. You know? I mean it's that's my brother, you know. It's, soul assassins you know i there's nothing i wouldn't do for any of them dudes so of course if i'm gonna even be thought of and considered to be a part of something that's so amazing such as yeah. la originals you yeah. know because i've looked up to these dudes forever you know and besides being family like i'm i'm a fan you know right. so it's a, it's a huge honor for me to be my name even come up let alone be in it and stuff you know right because you just got done hearing how a lot of people didn't make it because yeah. the film wasn't big enough. Yeah. Well, and listen, we're going to get to the star in a second. I ain't no star. Don't be like that. Seriously. Don't be I don't look at it like that. I'm the I same. Do. I, I do. I know. I hear I, you. Hey, hold on. But look. Hold on. Wait, it's wait, a lot wait, to wait, it, man. Hey, hey, because, wait, because, wait, 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 let me just show no, you. We tell Esteban's taking We don't need him right now. We can do this without him because we got you guys. Me and this dude right here that's sitting next to me, we got a lot because we were living down in there. We were in there day in and day out. Wait a second. So you don't even know that yet. Wait, wait, wait. See, there's a lot of history history with just me and this dude i'm serious so skinhead rub serious tell him bro yeah Yeah. (laughs) what's your best old school lepke stories like what how did we got too many come Come on on. i mean pick a couple i don't even know if i can narrow it down because at one point right when the the studio tune and scan studio is right here and the gun club is right here yeah and here's the building i lived in yeah so i was over there every day right every night right you know same with this dude yeah i mean one of the great ones that comes mm-hmm. to mind is when uh, mm-hmm. old boy Kanye West came to get tattooed. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm not Damn. a fan. You right. know, whatever. But I, I, I got nothing against the dude. I right. mean, he's lame. Right. But, <laughs> you know, it's but he's whatever. But he's got his success. But I'm not about to fuck up Toon's money because he's going to tattoo him. You right. Know? right. Anyways, he shows up. He's giving some... Late. Weird, he, you know, you should, he's, he's trying to art direct tune on it how was to late. draw his tattoo and everything, you what? know what I'm saying? And whatever, you know. Right. 
Tune does his thing, kills it. But, you know, me and Lep are there, and this dude's Kanye security's asleep on the couch. Yeah, oh, that was his. I thought it was Kanye asleep on the couch. No, it was his it was security. security. Yeah, well, I, I, I checked him. <laughs> Quick. I'm like, what you, I thought it was all. Lev looks at me, he's like, let's rob yeah. these motherfuckers. Yeah, like, no, I thought he was a homeless man. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. down. Yeah. But at the same time, doing? like, we can't do that. You don't fucking no, we don't fuck know up what's going money. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You, I mean, you uh-huh. almost robbed Kanye West security. They were up there late. Oh, not man. Just his, we would have got everyone. Like, listen, if, man, if, if, right. it if it was a different. Uh, Setting, yeah, and we weren't gonna. It was way out know, up there, man. But he, it wasn't our place to do that because, out of respect, of course, for Tune right. and Esteban, it was at, it was at the shop, you right? Know, you didn't so. want to you didn't want to salt up whatever was going hey, on there. But. Hey, hey, for the listener, man, they were running that like the way Andy Warhol had his spot. What was a factory or the something? Factory, that's yeah, right. that's how that shit was run. Because I know I got a lot of little history on on Joe D'Alessandro and those movies Andy Warhol made. Yeah, so we'd always look at that situation like 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 cartoon and Esteban. They were the you know. The, the the like Andy Warhol and the and the like because we had the factory the Soul Assassin Studio was the factory man right and that's what it was man and it was like and you hear some people like in that documentary I noticed because you know they said you know somebody mentioned like this place is guarded it's protected and it's sacred ground so like there wasn't a whole bunch of scandalous shit even though that even though I was scandalous at the time and I yeah. was fucked up doing shit but I would bounce back I some days you catch me when I wasn't fucked up and yeah. I was in a good shape and that, that, around that time. Just so the listener knows, what you were viewing right there was at a time when I had gave a number up because I need you know the people probably wondering like because I didn't look good so I had Man, gave, whoa, whoa. I had, you look sucked well just up. check this out I had gave a number up yeah right and that was the worst thing that could happen to me was the worst thing that can happen to anybody if you if you have the state of California controlling your whereabouts and what you're doing and keeping track of you what ends up happening is uh, they usually end up they don't let you get that bad of what the viewer was seeing so right. I got to the point to where I was no longer on parole yeah the police weren't arresting me yeah they were just letting me do my thing as long as I wasn't like robbing I was robbing people I was robbing anything <laughs> anything that wasn't nailed down yeah like like, like 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 homeboy I'll tell you like and so what saved me was I ended up uh I ended up robbing a, a spot on a, a, a burglarized it on on on, a, on Central and Seventh the okay. Rivers Motel which is a SRO which stands for a single room occupancy yeah I robbed it and they had me on camera I tried to take all those goods over to the homie right here and he was like nah man you can't be bringing stolen shit over here for and look, and then I don't know how a piece of shit on paper got. He's like, this shit on the paper in the bag, you know. And I'm like, you know. So it was all. What, what he mean by that? Is yeah, was, he brought over well, a lot of shit, some computer equipment. Yeah, that had a piece of toilet paper stuck, stuck to inside, it. Yeah, that was stuck to it with shit. Yeah, he was, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Let man? me ask you something. Brocks yeah. of stolen shit over that had right. toilet paper stuck to it. That was not even know, good shit. You didn't shit. even bring good shit. You brought real shit. Got no human shit. Yeah, yeah it was like it got, he said, "This is the shit." Yeah, right. yeah it was. <laughs> yeah, it was but I got same. a question for you, Lefty. Yeah. On that, did you know how much of this footage was going on the documentary? You know, like, you, when you watched it the first time, were you like, "Did you know no, I that that you. much?" I had called you. I remember like, that bro, we talked. Right? Wait, wait, wait. You, wait, you, you were like kind of like, I haven't I watched it yet. Wait, 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 I'm going to be honest with you, man. It's Go like ahead. some point of me, like like I already knew, man, because he had came to my spot, man, and he was showing me that he goes, this is what the editing looks like. And he showed me a whole roll of shit with me. I'm like, that's going up on the film. He's like, yeah. yeah. I go, God damn, man. Like, I got to start shooting warnings out like because my son, you know, I don't right, want right, And right. it was like a whole big old deal, right? But it didn't matter, man, because at the end of the day, my, my, my son ain't right. 
right. My son, and you know, like whether he finds it or not, like it doesn't matter. Like to me, it's like like the uh, the impact that the platform that I want to use for anything, man. Whether people see me fucked up or they see me doing the right thing, whatever. Because it's like the social media thing for me. It's like I'm doing a little bit, not as much as Esteban, but I notice that I have to take another 45 minutes to an hour every morning, and I'm actually like to be honest with you, I'm actually like like therapying people on my DMs, man. I'm right. getting people are like getting at me like man not too many people could come from where you came from and pull themselves up and do whatever it is the fuck you do because see if somebody rolls with me day in and day out you know I don't need like a co-sign but it's like I'm doing a whole different routine now man I remember there was a point in time there was a point in time and and Esteban and Lepke are real clear on this like you said I I left I caught another prison term I got out and when I got out I was on a run for a minute and then I got I got sober. I got cleaned up because Lepke directed me over to Walden House, right? Bro, so oh, changed, man. Right? Like, so, we could do a whole show right. on the Walden House. So I start doing well, right? That's a good idea. We I could start do doing one, well. Yeah. And I start putting my life back together. Right. And as I start getting my life back in order, and now business is coming together, and I'm doing community work, right? Yeah. right? As Lepke starts... A decline. You start right. now. It starts dipping, getting worse and worse. I was. And yeah. I remember that there was a point in time where I was over at SA Studios a bunch of times, and Lepke was starting to come by, and it was right when you were getting really Bad, sucked up. Yeah. And it was points we saw. And I remember as me getting pissed off right. at Lepke, and Esteban, our cartoon, were kind of like. Dude, man, like that's don't sweat him, dog. Like that's you know he is what he is. He's on drugs. He's homie. And I remember, but I was getting mad because number one, I was on some ego ass shit. That I'm here. I am. I'm all this. Why don't you fucking do like I'm Uh. doing? And then the other piece of it, I was mad. And I think what I was even more mad about and upset about was that I put Lepke on. Like, I right. brought you in. I, yeah. I introduced you to these dudes. Uh, yeah. And now you're over here making a circus. Right. Sh- that's how I took it at the time. Right. right. And I remember at one point in time going outside and I was like, right, you were I ready. got in yeah. your Mugs face. Too. And I was like, Mugs yeah, I was too. Like, Mugs too. Mugs was mad. I remember I had came. This is when I knew. I, I came in. The vibe was different. Like, Mugs and them were like looking like, motherfucker, fuck all that, man. And right. Rob was even looking mad dog at me. I was like, man, these motherfuckers might boo bop me. I was like, it's gonna come. Yeah. Like it was getting ready to come. You Ooh. know, so but let me say so. But I wanna say, man, so, I wanna but, say right now on the mic though, bro. Right. That I just wanna say this right now, man, that a funny thing about addiction, bro, mm. because as I sit and I judge, and as Lepke started to improve his life, right, I started going down, man. Right. And I really became that cat. That Lepke was maybe not on Front Street with him. Right, I was on Front Street. I was. I started going down myself, man. Mm-hmm. It was like I think that over time, right. Me and Lepke have been able to 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 find a, a place where we've been able to like get past a lot of that and right. finally come to a place. But there was. There was strife there at there, times. Wait, there's, there's beauty about something that the listener needs to know. The beauty about me and this homie that's sitting across from me is me and him never got hired, shared off a cook or did any fucking scandalous shit. And I can say that as an honest man. And I'm going to tell you, because I seen his, because the same thing he's shit, because this is going to be a little emotional. We, we're down with this fucking emotions do today. It, do it. We could do this. Yeah. So let me tell you. So what he's explaining about me, I was seeing the same thing because I'd get at these homies. I'd be like, what's up with luck, man? They're like, fuck, homie. He's like... Uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, because I can relate. 
Yeah. But I, I wouldn't be getting the resentment because he's the one that put me on. So I'd be like, man, whatever. Cause I remember one time we were driving like by where Duke and them were at and, and Pico Union. And you was on, yeah, you was on a good one because you go, I need some Kool-Aid. I need some sweets. And you had picked <laughs> me up from the Walden House and took me out on a pass. Mm-hmm. And, and you had already been out of the wall now, so you, 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 I was watching your decline. I go, man, I don't want to tell you, are you loaded? You're like, put that, you brought the Tupac tape. Yeah, this is a fucking towel. I used to put a Tupac, and I'm like, this motherfucker's loaded. He just completed the program, and he's out here getting up. Like, so I had to, like, you know, and then, uh, you know, and then so what then. What did you say to he him? Had buy, you know, listen, and then he had bought a pad, and he was doing good, like, maybe on the Eagle thing. I don't know. Anyway, I don't lie to him. Like, I, like, like, I look at this man, like, like it, it doesn't matter to me. So he's like, oh, yeah. He bought. He, that's when you was up there with Travis, mm-hmm. when you was famous stars and strapping it, real mm-hmm. cool, right? So he's up there with. <laughs> <laughs> real cool, famous stars Hey, shout out, man! Hey, look, Travis. Hey, listen. So he's doing good. Like yeah. I'm like, man, yeah, yeah. I need like. Yeah, hey, that was when he had that silver bro, truck. Put me on. Yeah. Look, like he's like, all right, so he's doing good. We got oh geared up, you know, motherfucker, you know, fresh, yeah. you know, we 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 everybody got the f on, we rolling, yeah. hey, you yeah. know, we popping. You know, the next thing we know, then I I. How's luck doing? Oh, man, the police. Like, Where's the house? The house is gone. Truck is gone. Where's Lucky? He up in the pit. I'm like, what happened to the house? What happened to the truck? What happened to Travis? What happened? Oh, and then now he got, now he's young, young and the reckless. Now we rolling. Young and the reckless. You're like, hey, homie, boom. Blowing up, boom. He's on the yeah. top. So you going to the top to the bottom. Bottom yeah. to the top. top yeah. We're like, damn, I can I get it, man. All I'm trying to do is, man, all I'm trying to do is keep, you know, keep some cool shoes on, looking right. Stay, uh, you know, Walden House, man. Walden House. Yeah. Yeah, Just yeah but you know what? Esteban, dog, he, he don't give up on the motherfucker, no, man. bro. Hey. Like, hey, bro, I... Right, I, right. And I even fucking was mad at Esteban on some shit, you know? Yeah. I, at, a, a couple times, right? Yeah. But, bro, I called Esteban up, bro, and it didn't matter what condition I was in. I mean... I call this motherfucker and I've been on the street for days with nothing. <laughs> hey, hey, homie, I'm, they're they're on me. They're coming for me. I'm. A, he'd be like, "Don't trip, homie," and he'd be here like pop up like an hour later. Yeah. Stevan being there. Let's come on, let's roll, dog. I gotta go do this. I gotta do that. I just sit there in the passenger seat, just roll with them. Whatever we gotta do. They tried to have an intervention for me, man. Stevan yeah. was the—he's the first one to show up and the last one to leave. Like I'll take this motherfucker to treatment right now. You yeah, know? that's right. But I want to say, like, I got to watch. I've gotten to watch Stevan do it many times in his life. But I got—I watched the way he dealt with Lepke, man. No matter what Lepke did, yeah. He pull up and left you be in the passenger seat. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm sure a lot of other motherfuckers were like, man, you, man, Lucky's on with Lucky. And man, he would never let nobody talk bad. He'd be like, fuck it. I don't give a fuck what they're saying about you. Right. I was always in the car with right. Esteban. Yeah. You know? That's why I say that again, man. Like that opening scene, I keep on telling people that. So my man tells me, if he, anybody said he did him wrong, yeah. they're fucking lying, bro. Yeah. Right. You one guy that has not done anybody wrong, man, you know? Because, because that scene, listen, that scene in the movie, right? It's interesting. So, so many people weren't able, because of time constraints, blah, blah, blah. But Lepke made it. And he made it. I mean, to me, he's kind of like a standout character in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's one of the ones that one of talked about the most. Right. So what was the decision in keeping Lepke in the, or, I mean, you probably always had it in your mind, but somehow Lepke made it that big in the film. What was that? Like, what decision was that? Um, because I had so much stuff of him 
going through all those times. I've had him go from 190 pounds to 300 pounds right. multiple times. Oh. I've had him... Uh, Lepke has done probably 20 years in prison. A little more. A little more. A little more. Maybe 25 years. Yeah, yeah like a little more than that. No. A year, three years. Right, right. Two right, years, right. One, he's got the installment, installment plan. Tell installment tell plan. <laughs> so he's also had that same installment plan on Skid Row. Right. And I, I <clears> saw <throat> all that happening. Right. You know, like so... And I and I was there. I filmed it. You right. know, so I had all that shit. Like the same way I had um like Cypress Hill, you know, from Woodstock to two thousand five going from, you know, on tour doing you know, like yeah. a roller coaster ride with yeah that friendship and that those times. Yeah. I had the same thing with Lepke, but instead of, you know, him being on Woodstock and on the stage, he was on the row or in prison. Right. So it was just another story of one of the of our family members that that I was following that I had all that footage of and it was like we had to show the different levels of people that we that we lived with and dealt with you know like I've known pepper the the mm-hmm. homeless guy from Skid Row for mm-hmm. the mayor a good 25 years probably right and I've seen him go through a lot of shit. I've right. seen him go to prison, come out, ball-headed, dreadlocks, you know, a full mouth of teeth, no teeth, mm-hmm. right? Know, clean one day, smelling like shit the next day. Yeah. And I had all that. And I was like, man, these are characters that are in our life yeah. that are just as important to us as the Cypress Hill, as the as the great work we're doing, you know, on a on a prestigious level, mm-hmm. we still had all this going on in our life that nobody really knew about. Like mm-hmm. nobody knows about the real the lows in our life. Right. Right. So I had footage of Lepkin. I was like, hey homie, can we can we put this in? And he's like, damn, you want to put all that in there? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's like part of the story. But at the end, you come out, you're winning, you know? Yeah. But you're one of the only men that could take it. They could, you know, be like, yeah, put that shit. Fuck it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, give a fuck. Right. The really truth. did it. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Because a lot of other people are like, I don't want that shit on me in there. Right. Don't right, put that right, on me right, in there. Right. Don't put this in there. Don't put that in there. Like, Oh, everybody would. Nobody would be, was is down enough for that. <laughs> what? What's? Wait, wait. So what? Everybody wants to look good all the time. Yeah. Everybody what? wants to be like, okay, just put me with my good side and just put me when I'm doing great. You know, like not real shit. Yeah, like not like when you're in the fucking down in the dumps. Like if I, I have. There's a lot of times I didn't film Lepke and I didn't shoot pictures of him, and those. Probably would just have motherfuckers crying mm. if they saw that. that well, it's interesting that, that type of shit. It's interesting that you say that because I, when I rolled up on him, yeah, a couple of times I had my family in the car, I had my wife and my kids in the car, and I was like, "Hey, let's go see if Lepke, if we find Lepke." And when I pulled up on him, he was he was asleep on the ground. Yeah, and I told him, "Hey, man, I got out of the car. Mm. I was mad as fuck. I was like, because you know, to me, this is my brother." Right on the ground sleeping on it was on San Julian in between sixth and seventh and if you don't know about it go right. down there and check it's it like out. It's like one of the grimiest. Picture Lepke there. Yeah, he had he had his he was wearing pants and he had like maybe an extra large shirt a button up yeah. that he couldn't button because it was too small 
and he wears 3x right just so you can get the 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 sizes right right so i roll up on him and there he is like he was sweating knocked out on the floor and there's fools like taking stuff and walking off with it you know like he had like bags of clothes and i seen like like other guys like walking up to a bag and like taking like a t-shirt out of it and like holding it up and walking away with it yeah and I and I walk out. I go, hey, homie, what are you doing? And he's like, whoa, whoa, what's up, G? What's up? You know, like 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 I went to his house to have lunch. What's up, G? How you doing? I go, what the fuck are you doing, man? Get up, fool. And I go, where's your shoes? He goes, what? What do you mean? Right. I got rid of those. He's like, I go, where's all your shit at? He goes. What shit? And I go, your mom says she brought you some stuff down here. Or somehow right. He had, that's right. He had yeah. a couple bags of stuff. Yeah. It was mom, all gone. Right. Yeah. And I think that's some of the stuff that the people were like, oh, look at this taking. shirt. And taking, walking away with it. But it was like away from him. So I didn't tie it together. I, or I would have went back and man, hey, motherfucker, give me that. That ain't yours. You right. Know? So I'm, I'm waking him up and I'm like, hey, man, you know, what the fuck are you doing to yourself, homie? Like, look how you got yourself. You mm. think this is cool? Yeah. You think you're doing the, the, the right thing? And he's all, what, 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 homie? You know, like, like if I, like I was wrong for being mad at him. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I go, I go, look at, look. And I look back at my family in the car and they're, they're crying. They're crying. I go, look, yeah. look right there, motherfucker. That's how you, that's, yeah. look at what impact you have right. on people that love you. Yeah. And look what, like, you know, what about you? You don't love yourself, homie? Like, you, you that, you're that low where you think this is cool? Like, get in the car, homie. Let's go. You need a shower. You and need did to he get in lunch. the car? No, let, 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 let me say something. So I remember, too, yeah, no, okay. So I remember, like, I had, I was, like, I was in the spot, man. And, uh, and, and you know, I have a, and, and, and whenever you're addicted to heroin, man, it's a, it's a physical addiction. You have to have that drug in order to feel normal. So we're in Buena Park. I got all the way to Skid Row. I don't know what happened. I was there. And I was getting high, man. And it was nighttime. And Toons and his old lady pulled up, man. And they got out. And, the, and, and, and I was, I, I was coherent, you know. I was, I was high i had you know i had enough dope yeah what i had was i had some dope that the dude was trying to sell for me and and i had put it in his hand and we were gonna sell it and then so what happened was he was making the sales and he had just sold everything and then tunes pulls up in the in the 2000 and escalate that he bought with his girl and 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 i remember betty boo you know she got out julie got out and she's like what are you doing right here man like what's up and i just want to say like this so i'm out there and tunes is like what like like we ain't offering you like cool shit man we got you you know you're in the pad you know i you know we got the ride you know i got you on you know i got you under my wing i mean like what's up and i'm like bro you know like and it hurt me man to like let them know that i i, I was choosing you know that dope that i had just sold and then i thought to myself when they were pulling away i go fuck i wish they, I, he wouldn't have sold the last few bags because i would have grabbed them right. and just left with those dudes but everything like like where i sit today i sit amongst everybody like in this circle not, not as a man but as a true miracle to see that man and to like somebody asked me like they've asked me like what do you like someone just got at me on the thing they're like what is it that, like, what, what what's transpiring through you after seeing that footage? Like, wh- like, 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 what's the like the solution to what's what's put out there in the documentary? I just answered the dude, and I go, the main thing that's transpiring through me today on the podcast of the Hard Luck Show or on LA Originals or any platform of this situation is the fact that there is not enough 
individuals that have done time that are in the community. I know, like, I look on the Instagram, I know all these guys are trying to do a gang summit and put these youngsters together and do whatever. There's never going to be enough of that. So if we just take a little bit of that at a time and we incorporate it, like right now we're on a fucking lockdown because there's a virus and there's all this fucking way out shit, but it's going to end because, you know, they want to open the thing up. I mean, like we're in a bad place, but just so like somebody like, like there's, there's like, it's, it's cool to be a good guy and come out and, uh, and I changed my life drastically, man. And it, it wasn't you can, easy. You can, listen. It wasn't easy. You can see, of course it wasn't easy. Look, I, <clears throat> all of us, I mean, a lot of us anyway here mm-hmm. uh, have some sober time. Right. right? And that, that ain't easy. It's a miracle well, for anybody. April 26th, right? It gets better. Mm. Listen, April 26th, I'm going to have 18 years. Amen. Oh, yeah. Thank the Lord. And you can see in the documentary, right, mm. the before and after. Right. I mean, it's like two different guys almost. Absolutely. Right. When you're sitting there and, you know, um, I was talking to Sean. Sean watched the movie. Right. And Sean, what was you? What, what did you what happened? Tell the story about what happened to you when you saw everything. Um, there were, well, there's two spots in the movie where I got I got really emotional. But yeah. one was uh, um, was watching you let. And knowing and seeing that when they were pouring the water on you and right. that, that sort of thing was um, seeing you in that state, right? And um, and knowing you that you had a problem that right. you were trying to get over. And to me, it was like one part of it was like they were ridiculing you, well, and like you were helpless in in some well, sort of right. sense, and like. Coming from that, I just got I, because I know you. So right. I've, I've met you, you know, and you've been on the show and, and right. that sort of thing. So I, there's a different connection there, and seeing you in that state made right. me really. Yeah, but I was emotional. cool with that. You got to. He said, "Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right. But, but listen, because we we also heard mm-hmm. that Esteban and Mr. Cartoons and in Steve and everybody was also trying to help you. Of course, but so Multiple just so you times. right, of course, right, right. But just like, so that you, wasn't just one time. Uh, he got a little too high. And we came there and we we're like, "Hey, get up, motherfucker!" And we we're spraying him right. with water and right. ah, you fucking mother. That's like the hundredth time, yeah, like, right? That we're like, "Oh hell no, this mother! We're we're going to have a business meeting. We're, <laughs> right. to, right. we're going to meet the people." Right. right. And yeah. there's our brother, our our homie, on a cardboard box set up outside <laughs> our door. Right. Like you can think however you want until <laughs> yeah. your family yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, you a cardboard yep. box right. outside your office. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh hell no! You know, right. What the fuck? And like, you know, he got off easy. That you know, of course, right. we, we took him. We probably took him to eat a fucking steak dinner and all that shit, <laughs> right. right? You know, just because we got so much love for him, right? But that wasn't out of a, you right. know, like, oh, we're bullying him or whatever. Right. That was like, because motherfucker, you don't get it or what? Because like, old blue eyes, yeah, he doesn't know all the history, right? right? And probably a lot of people don't either. No, you know nobody I mean? does. I have friends that know go me ahead. for 30 I, years that are like, yeah. I never knew you'd shot Robert De Niro. And Al Pacino, I go, you follow me on Instagram? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been on there. Is went on well, every bus all around the city. I wouldn't done billboards. any either. I'm not saying that. I'm, Get on the mic, dude. I'm exactly. not saying that I would have done any different. But what I'm saying is that, like, taking it from his perspective and being in and seeing him in that state, 
That's what made me emotional. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure, but... Because cause Sean knows you, right. as no, I know you, which is like no. a super big, strong, no, right. positive guy, right. fucking green juice. So, right. and, and, and listen, what he's not saying, right. what he told me, right, right. is that he actually cried. Well, yeah, no. He cried in that scene. Uh, uh, oh, that's All right, good. so... so yeah. I did my job. Right. So, look, you saw the problem. And you too. I hear you. You saw the problem. <laughs> now, 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 okay, so you, Lucky knows what I'm about to say. You dealing, we got a problem, man, so the solution, I got a solution. Yeah. A solution. Yeah. Right? One yeah. day at a time, four years, and yeah. some change. Yeah. Like, strong, man. Like, like all the way to the point where I let people know. Knock on wood. Right. I have to let people know, man. Yeah. That my... Doing good and my sobriety and my clean time or whatever that is comes before my son. You right. Understand? And I had to explain that to my son. I go, look, my, 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 my program and whatever I believe in, like fucking helping somebody, it has to come before anything, man. And I'm talking about all the way down to clowning the homeless motherfucker that was asking us for speed on the street right now. Right. Because I will help him. Right. I just want to see how far he'll go, but I do that today. But that's because it's called a living amends. It's because right, also, but if somebody but, filmed you just doing that. Right, that two it looks seconds, crazy. Yeah. It looks they would have thought, oh, what an asshole! What an asshole! Yeah, yeah, no, but he was all right. No, no, right. no. But they didn't know that you right. fought. You went a half a block just right. to talk to him and chop it up with him. Right, right, and then, right. You know, see where his head's but at. The, but, right. but the reason why you have to be, you have to put your sobriety that far ahead is because you put your drugs that far ahead well, in at, your life you right remember, isn't that right I, yeah well I, I was like yeah, I would die for anything for everybody I would you love right yeah. which means you gotta put your program right. before everything else too otherwise you ain't gonna otherwise is a potential right you only have today right is that's that's all right? I mean, right amen man only today man so man, I do what I, I can to do. I, do, I really do what I can and I really my heart goes out to these kids and these individuals who are out there like right now there's a lot of we're living in a fucked up time Chumaha you know that we're in a fucked up time so everybody has to even if it's just making a little bit of a difference today yeah if it could amount to just making a little like like how many people are actually going out of the way to righteously making a, a difference in the world when it comes to just being good morning how you doing how's your day going ma'am you know open the door let me go like yeah. like instead of just being an asshole it took me a long time because I don't like nothing and I don't like nobody and I get amnesia I get amnesia real quick I could right. forget about like that fucking skid row thing like how it was like I could forget like but I'm not forgetting that man I even like like I, he, I, I go down there like just recently I've been going down there yeah. and I've been seeing I'm like fuck it hasn't even been this bad Rob you know I haven't seen it this bad right. like we were down there at a good time man the golden age it was cool man now it's like these people are struggling like and they're in Hollywood, like just coming down here with Kyle, man, we're driving. And just coming down here, you know what I noticed? I noticed that fucking Hollywood is starting to like take place. Right. You know, and it's fucked up, man. It's like, well, like, like, who are we as a community? Like everybody, like the richest fucking uh, United States of America, we're supposed to be with all this fucking money. We got all this bullshit. The whole world is locked down. Like there, there's something that ain't right. And this is why I have a memoir coming out. It's called The Wake Up Call Has Arrived. It was a wake up call is long overdue. No, fuck that. It's the wake up call has arrived. Survival of the fittest, man. Story of an OG West Side. And then my boy Rob right here called me one day. He's like, man, listen, man, what, what, what's up, man? You know, we got, like, he's got writing. I got, like, well, like I'm going to bind it all together. I got this shit. I, listen, so I'm starting it like this. I'm starting a pandemic, man. 
This writing is going to start how the pandemic started and how individuals need to better themselves and uplift each other, man. Let's hey, give someone, some glory. Let me, let, me, let me ask you a question. How, uh, how, what was your feeling about um, L.A. Originals? Tell us, about, tell us about the film when you watch it. Not just particularly your I, part. What's your perspective I'm, of the film okay, this and what whatever. they did? Okay, I'm going to tell you like this. So, as uh, you, uh, like like these dudes that were at touch, I know it touched you, Luck. It touched mm-hmm. Rob. It touched all of us. What ended up happening to me, man, is like I'm watching this thing, and I'm and and, and I'm noticing that, uh, yeah, like 25 years, like there's there's not even a level. All right, I can't even like tell the the listener or anybody the level of what they saw was good, but it's like these dudes been doing this like for so long, man. Mm-hmm. It's like they just um, the society just saw a piece of it, man. Right, there's yeah. so much more to it. Like this thing could go on a level to where it could outweigh all the fucking Netflix series or whatever. Absolutely, like, it could go here. Like just the fact that this dude like's been in these boxing gyms and has followed the sports in that arena, the skating, the you know the other people that that run clothing companies that he knows. Like shout out to Bobby Tribal in San Diego and all this mm-hmm. shit. You know, shout out to your boy over there, Travis, and the, the famous story. All these dudes, man. Yeah, it's like the level that this thing is on like the, the 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 listener doesn't even know like this is a good level but it also should be a level to where 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 we're bring we're incorporating not only the uh, glory of, uh, of of the of the tattoo and the glory of uh of the the picture and the photograph but the glory of a kid seeing this like tunes did in that thing man that's what touched me when i seen to a lot of shit i i tripped out because tunes even got at me he's like you didn't know i knew karate i'm like fuck that blew me away bro that karate shit, I was like, fuck, bro. You like, you did karate yeah. like that? That's cool, bro. Like, some kids that see that and some fucking kids that have a fuck. Because there's a lot of kids that have talent nowadays. I'm letting you be known. Even though the kids are all fucked up nowadays, there's kids out there with talent. There's kids that need individuals like Big Lepke, Skinhead Rob, Esteban Oreo, Big Lucky, Chumahan, Sean, fucking Kyle, and even... Yep, and the homegirl like like she's like yeah yeah you're a model you're fucking doing shit everything's artistic we need to bring the art level and the and the positivity to the you know into play man it's like yeah. like we need people in the community bro I I agree with you you want to know something I want to say this right now because you brought it on and I think that the key word here is consistency man and you know Esteban's Esteban's theme song is grinding all my life 100. and I'm gonna tell you man something that I'm going to be completely honest here right now. Yeah. And that is, I watched this documentary and there's a, you know, if I have to be very honest, I have to say that there's a, a piece of me in it that, listen, man, from day one, me and Esteban on Cartoon were building man. a brand of ourselves. We, we were, Esteban was doing all the photo um and all the music touring stuff the management cartoon was doing all the art stuff and i was doing all the apparel stuff right. and that was like the you know and mugs had all the music shit on lock you know what i'm saying and these dudes through I, I was faced with just the same things that esteban was faced with i was faced with the same things that cartoon was faced with but i chose to not be consistent 
I fell off. I took another route. I had to go to prison. Then I had to go to prison again. Then I pursued drugs and alcohol and, and lost shit. And it was like, I watched what these guys had done together. And I said to myself, what if I would have just kept showing up, man? Right. right. Where okay. would... Where would I be? Exactly. Where would I be in the picture if I would have just not ran away from the problems? If I wouldn't have had to go and do that, man. And part of it was like, I was angry inside. Right. There's yeah. a piece of me that's sure. like, man, dude. Like, And what they did was they stayed consistent. Right. They didn't give up, man. And I... I might come off on Instagram as this guy that's like, I keep going. Yes, I do. And I do keep going. But there's been times in my life where I gave up, man, and I went the other way. And what stuck out so much is that through the documentary, you get to see the treats and the shiny prizes. Right. But what you don't really get to see is all the long, hard nights. All the struggles and battles that you you guys had to go through. And stay doing what you're doing man. for thirty fucking years, man. Right. I, I, I wasn't able I wasn't I wasn't able to do that. There's a lot of they ta- were. There's a, there's a lot of talented motherfuckers that aren't consistent and they're nowhere. Exactly. Right? And I mean all of us know those people that are super talented and you think to yourself, man. They might even be more talented than me, mm-hmm. right? You'd be like, man, that's a, if I had an ounce of the talent, that, but they, because sometimes it's because they are so talented. Some people are so talented that they don't think they got to show up on Wednesday. They don't think they got to show up on Thursday. And as a result, they're never able to stack together an empire. They can't put some, And you know what, Steve? You're right. Like, I bet you a lot of people who look at this documentary, right, they probably think that, on some level, it maybe came easy. It came easy. Esteban maybe had like went to a seminar on, and on how to empower himself and how to plan all laid out and da 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 da. da. And you know, it, it's real easy in ninety minutes to take the highlights and make it seem like somebody's life made sense every yeah. single day, all day, every day. When in reality, uh, Esteban was it like that? Was it, did, did, you, did you know 100% all the time, every day? Did your life make sense? Did it seem like close calls sometimes? Did it seem like, you know, maybe it wasn't going to happen? Certain things weren't going to happen? Did it seem like there was, there was risk and it might not work out or whatever, but you just kept showing up and just kept doing your thing? Yeah, of course. You know, like uh, me and Toon's first office was my 84 Cutlass. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> we used to have everything in the trunk. And uh, I had all my photos in a milk in uh, milk crates, and that's where I'd put all my photos. He had his drawing shit, and we used to go to coffee shops. Right. We used to go to, um, what was it called back then? Kinko's. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that's right. that was before well, Starbucks I and remember. before Kinko's became FedEx. Like, right. right. We would go there and like, we're like we should do a book, and we would make Xerox copies right. of photos, and then we'd we'd paste them in a in like a mock-up book, mm-hmm. yeah. And we would we just have all these visions, and like he, while I'm doing that, he would be drawing new designs for right. Joker, and we'd have Lepke there sometimes with us or Lucky. At the crazy stir crazy, right? Now, remember stir the stir crazy, crazy yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Remember that? I do remember that. Stir crazy. We that was a cool fucking coffee shop. Seven man. We that was that by moment. that Hot Wings Cafe, man, right? Man, hey, 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 they talking it's about some, there. some gorilla shit. These motherfuckers were man. 
There were gorillas in the game, like, man. I learned like that. I'm like, this is how you gotta do it. Like, like when hey, hey, when you ain't got no fucking office and you don't got shit, you just got the car. And then, and then I remember back when they had the they, they had the China man in the front, and they were getting the like like we got the China man here. We're gonna put the spot down here on hill. It's like they were moving around. They heard of the, the Santa Fe. So these dudes were like, they'd get a guy like like it's like it's like the hustle, man. It's just a, the legal hustle. Like you know how you you got the the, the illegal hustle. You buy dope on this side you take it you flip it in hollywood for more like i was just telling kyle about that i used to buy the five dollar bags i buy five packages i take them up to the to the transsexuals on highland and, and santa monica and i sell them for twenty dollars i sell each five dollar piece for twenty dollars and i talk about i wasn't up there long because they'd be tweaking on that method it'd be like and i'm gone right <laughs> three four hundred in my pocket back down to downtown yeah. so for a minute a lot of people say oh we see you raggedy up there no i wasn't always raggedy i had a hotel i wouldn't tell a motherfucker what i had these dudes were doing the fucking game the same way they were hustling they were they were going to the record company to the photo company selling the photo putting the copyright doing all this out of the car you know what i'm saying it's called gorilla shit we were living in buena park paying two hundred dollars a month sometimes we didn't have no huh uh hot water it was cold water one week hot water the next week you know what i'm saying I'm talking about this. <laughs> the house looked like the trap house. Cartoon had his room. He had his room. I had the middle room. It was like, man, it was like, it, it, it was like the, like, like, it was cool though, man. It was like, you know, they, uh, it was family, man. It was like, we were gay. We, hey, we, 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 the, there was lights, right? There was fucking, uh, uh, we had, he had, uh, we had the car. We had the roof. Motherfucker paying 200 a month. It's like, we never went hungry. Me and Toons joined the gym. I used to take Toons one o'clock in the morning. We're in the gym. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's he when the skull and bone. Did you used to go? No, he didn't. No, he was on some other shit. Anyway, so listen. <laughs> so let me tell you what. I know he's had the bag, and he had all the weights on the side of the house. So let me tell you what. So yeah, we were doing good, man. It was like it. It was like it was like 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 when I was in prison, man. We wake up, tunes. We go to get our coffee. We meet in Hollywood. He meet us. We meet. It was every day. It was that repetition, that not giving up. Like Lucky was saying, man. Let yeah. me ask you. And, 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 they ask. and they didn't get every gig that was that no. came across. No, hell no. Like rejection. Yeah, no, and that's yeah. that's a lot of people. I think maybe who right. who see the documentary they don't really they don't see get, all, this, get all the all the strikeouts that. they see yeah. the home runs yeah, yeah right. but see yeah. that's that but that's what I'm saying like I'm saying <clears throat> in the generations that are super literate in film so they've seen a lot of documentaries and they've seen a lot of different films and they've watched the arc it gets real easy to think that's how it goes. Like you, oh, you make the decision to get better, and then you you watch like Rocky work out, and then you get the muscles, and then mm-hmm. it all happens. But in real life, there's all this rejection, right? And that doesn't make it into the film because you don't have time. Mm. You don't have the time. So you have whole generations of young people who think they know how the process works, uh-huh. and they don't realize. And I'm gonna tell you something. There's a movie that's called The Score. Okay, mm. have has anyone ever seen The Score? Oh, okay. Who's in it? Uh, fucking Norton, Robert De Niro, Norton, mm. and fucking uh, Ed Norton. Ed Norton, mm-hmm. and who's that fucking Edward Norton? And who's the um uh, from the Godfather that played the Godfather? What's his name? The Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. What? Robert De Niro. Edward Norton. Fucking fantastic film. Okay. And what's the other one with Pesci? Hold on, it's oh. called Public Eye. But this one's called The Score, all right? And it's a, it's a dueling story about two thieves. Two thieves. Anyway, there's a line in that. 
The old thief's trying to tell the young thief how to do it. The old thief is telling the young thief how to do it. The old thief is Robert De Niro, old cat burglar. He's almost on his last one, right? And he turns to the Edward Norton, the young guy, and he says, and Edward Norton loves the old thief. He's a legend. And he's got all these great ideas and da 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 And he's asking the old thief, De Niro, he's like, how do you do? What's, what, do I, what do I got to do? And De Niro tells him, I'm going to tell you this once. He says, write down what it is that you really want in your life. And then spend the next 25 years slowly building it brick by brick. And that young kid did not want to hear that. And that's what mm-hmm. this ultimately this film battle is about. It's great. So, so a lot of young people, right, think like, oh, I'm going to have the same career that, yeah. right? Especially nowadays because there's such a, uh, everyone has such a sense of entitlement. Totally. You know, yeah. that, that, that they think just because they see something on fucking Instagram or some shit. Right. That they know that it. That these dudes have worked for decades to get and they're still working every day. Right. That they should just oh, I'm going to get this too, and it's going to happen overnight. Right. It's not going to happen overnight. Well, you know because, like, because there is a fucking, and I'm going to say this, I, I can't remember where I, I, I was reading something. on it. There is a, there's a difference between getting the label and then the conflict and the overpowering that comes to actually becoming what that label really is. So like when you get a degree and they're like, okay, you're a psychiatrist, you're a lawyer, you're a real estate broker, you're whatever that label is. That's the beginning of the conflicts that you got to go through. And after 20 years, you might eventually actually become what you're called. So if you're a photographer, right, right, you can you can get the label the minute Hmm. you go to an art school or you get your camera and you start calling yourself a photographer. But you're not really a photographer until you've gone through all the conflicts and the wars that it's going to take to where you're finally able to be like, yeah, I, I, I am a photographer. I've earned the label. You get the label before you earn it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, th- I think there's a difference between a photographer and someone who takes pictures. Right. I mean, you absolutely. Know, I, I mean, I could take a fucking picture. Right. I'm no photographer. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have two eyes. He has two <laughs> eyes. But the way he sees things through a lens is much more interesting and, for lack of a term, better than how I would. Right. You know? And, right. And I... I know that I'm the first person to tell you that because right. I don't have that skill or that talent or that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I think, I think people have to, um, I don't know. I, you got to humble yourself, you know, especially when you're around greatness, you know what I'm saying? Because just be happy that you're around it and soak up that game if you can, because that's what I do with these dudes, with all these dudes. Right. Rob, on, what, what were, tell us, Rob, from your perspective, man, tell us about you seeing the film for the first time and, and what are some of the important things that struck you about this, this movie? I mean, the first time I saw it was when Scan played it for me before it was done and out, you know, and um, it brought up a lot of memories, you know, because I was around for a lot of the stuff in there and then, um, but like I said, you know, Parts of it made me really sad because um, those are some of the best times of my life, you know, with, with all you guys and stuff. And, um, and like, Lep's parts, too, because, you know, I've, I've seen this dude at his best and his worst, just like he's seen me, just like how you guys have, you know. And um, I think it, 
LA Originals is great because it's a very inspiring story, but it's also a very cautionary tale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yes. because it shows you not just the, the glamour and the glitz, but down here on the road. Some you know, because that's where we were at, was on the road, mm-hmm. you know? And um I don't know, I, I I'm just I'm just proud of these dudes, you know, and I'm 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 Super thankful I got to be included in it. You know, that, that that shit means the world to me, you know. Um I mean I'd be just as happy if I wasn't involved just because right, I love these them, dudes, man. you know. And sure, of course. And it's it's well deserved that, that people finally get to see this and, and, and know the history behind it and know how much work these dudes have done and and the whole the whole family tree, you know, soul assassins and I'm proud of all my homies, you know, uh-huh. like all you guys across the board. And this is just one more step in letting people know that this is what it is, you know, and this is how we do it. Mm-hmm. It's how how these guys do it. And I mean, you can't take it away from, them, you know, the, the, the talent and the, the perseverance and, um, cause there's a lot of people who try and do what they do. You know, we mm-hmm. all know that. You know, right. what, across the board, whether it's the photography or the tattooing or the, the art and logos, like a lot of their stuff gets, you know, imitated. But um, that's the, you know, most sincere form of, you know, flattery, flattery or whatever. However the saying goes, you know what I'm saying? Imitated and, and, is uh, right. And, um, but it's, uh, I thought it was fucking great. You know, I thought it was a, an amazing piece of work and i'm i mean i i just know that there's so much more than what could have got than what got put into 90 minutes because you can't fit everything into an hour and a half with these dudes and their history and the stuff they've done they've done their accomplishments just because it's it could be an ongoing series forever and you're still not going to get all that shit in there no it's too much you know right and the the people we've came across and and the characters that have come in and out of the studios and everything, you know, and it's like, um, I, I, I could just, I can't recommend it enough to people who haven't seen it, mm-hmm. you know, and I, it's a great American it, film. It's a fucking great, it's a great movie and it's, it's a very important part of history, not just LA history, but I think, um, just history in general, American because, because history. It, it talks about so many different things, not just he's photographing people in bands or he's photographing, you know, chicks or this or that. It's like, there's so much, or it's cartoon just tattoos 50 cent. Not nah, like it's so much deeper than that. And the, and the work and the blood, sweat and tears that, that go into it, that the people don't even, don't even know about, you know, there's a story behind every tattoo, man. He's tattooed yeah. on him. You, yeah. oh, absolutely. We, there's a say, story behind all these. Absolutely, something I want to tell you, Stevan, why we're on the show. And I said it when we were on uh, DJ Ski when we were doing the live stream on it, and that is that there's some young people that could basically that are maybe in the culture and know about these guys that could look at their career and really be like the last ten years. These guys have been hot. Don't right. you know? So, okay, we could even push another five and say there's some people in L.A. that are like, know about some shit. And they're like, these motherfuckers are in the rap game. And like, that's that one. You know, you know. But what I'm going to say is, is 
30 years ago, bro, 30 years ago, when I was down at Supermax and Cartoon was airbrushing and Esteban was road managing House, House of Pain, I'm going to tell you that at that point in time, I felt like Esteban was the baddest fucking photographer mm. there was. You were right. Okay. <laughs> you were right. And Cartoon's art... Nobody could fuck with that dude. That's why I had him do every fucking brand that I own, right? Did the artwork for every brand. There was no other artist. It was him. I wanted him to do it all. And I got his, I got the third tattoos by Cartoon. The third tattoos he ever did on anybody mm-hmm. or on my arm. And now I watch this, man. And I remember back then, I remember motherfuckers doubting these dudes. Right, I remember the right. whole fucking music industry doubting them. I remember fucking magazines doubting. I remember artists not letting Esteban shoot them because they wanted to go with somebody else. I remember them going with some other director. I remember going with other art direction. And motherfuckers didn't believe. They weren't seeing what we were showing them. People just weren't buying it, man. They were like, nah, and they went with some cheesy motherfuckers that ain't around right now. They and they were sworn up and down. No, no, you know that ain't, that ain't. That's some man. That's some you know whatever they were saying, man. And at this day and age, it fucking thirty years later, man. I watched the world slowly jump on this bus. Everybody, all the shit that's out now. Let me tell you something, dog. We were doing this shit thirty right. years Let ago, them know, bro. Man, like, longer With than that. Ba- longer than that. And now, bro, I'm getting to see it. And in this documentary, is like, I, I always believed in you and cartoon. I always, I always knew you guys were the best at what we we're doing. Indeed. And now, it's just so good that this thing's out there and the world. And you know what the world's take is on it? Yeah, they are the mother bad motherfuckers. Yep. You know. Indeed. And I just like always believed it, bro. It's just one of them things. I'll be like, I could just look at a motherfucker and be like, I told you so. But I don't even say that. But that's how I feel inside when <laughs> yep. I watch it. I'm like, motherfuckers should have listened to me from the gate. You didn't want to listen. I told you. Yep. So I'm just so happy of you, man. I'm proud of you, bro. I'm proud of Cartoon. Yeah. Proud of this film. I'm so great to have all of you here that you guys were really in this film, man, to show it, man. Mm. I'm glad I, I got a little cameo you. in that motherfucker. So it's just awesome having this show, talking about this. L.A. Originals, everybody listening, it's on Netflix. Drop what you're doing right now. Shut this show down and go watch that documentary. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful film. And there's a, this, we, this is only the beginning. We only just got started. That's right. Skinhead Rob, OG Lepke, Esteban yeah. Oreo, yeah. and the team over here at The Hard Luck Show. We only got started. And with that, I'm going to let everybody go. Adios, amigos, from the Hard Luck Show. All right. All right. All right.